0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City-based jazz saxophonist Stephen Martin. On July 27, 2018, he is set to release his debut 2018 CD called Vision on his independent label, Subtle Street Records. He was born in Champaign, Illinois, and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and he started playing saxophone at the age of 10. He would come to Kansas City via the University of Missouri KC to learn under jazz legend Bobby Watson and world-renowned classical saxophonist Tim Timmons. That led him to his home of Kansas City these days, where he has regular performances, and he's contributing to a very thriving Seen here in kansas city along with america at large so please get to know him and dig this interview my friends
1: so hey Stephen, man thanks for taking a minute out for neon jazz i appreciate it absolutely so let's dive right into your debut album that's coming out on july 27th called vision it's a great album and great debut i just want to know from you how exciting is it to finally get this out and to see it come to fruition it's man, it's great. It's really a dream of sorts. I mean this is something I've always wanted to do, you know. I don't know, when you're younger and you kinda of have these dreams, you don't necessarily you know, you you work towards it and you know, you you put all the work in and then you just hope that, you know, one day you can make it happen and um I was lucky to, to have a great band, you know. And uh we got to play together for uh quite quite a long stretch which is also uh, pretty rare nowadays, I would say, uh, especially in jazz, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's uh, definitely a dream. This is what I've wanted to do. So the beginnings of that dream happened in Champaign, Illinois, and you were raised in St. Louis and started playing the sax at 10. Talk to me about your childhood and how you got into music. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I've, been asked the question a lot about you know like why did you choose a saxophone and um i i still think about that you know today i don't know why necessarily i just uh around that age i was just really fixated on that instrument for some reason and i just knew i wanted to play saxophone um i remember being being about you know about that age in st louis and there's actually so many kids um, in my class that wanted to play saxophone that my teacher basically said, well, we really need you to play trombone, you know, because we don't have anybody that's going to play trombone. And I just, from, I do distinctly remember, you know, being really upset about that. I was like, no, I really want to play saxophone, you know. And so we, uh and so I, you know, they let me, which was awesome. And uh, And then I would say the first day we like went to the whatever music store, uh, I think it's called like band instrument service. Something like that in St. Louis. We got the instrument and brought it home and I think I was like, you know, honking away on it like the first day, you know, and, uh, just kind of went from there. I had, you know, had no idea obviously at that point in my life that it would, you know, turn into what it has, but that was a great, uh, that was a great discovery. You know, it's definitely, uh, become, you know, to me it's not even like an, you know, an instrument that I'm you know, whatever, it's like a part of my body or something like that, which is maybe weird or something, but that's just, uh, that's what it's become, so. No, that's cool, man. That It's an extension of yeah. me, for sure. So, how instrumental was your time at UMKC with Bobby Watson and, and Tim Timmons? It seems like that was probably a pretty big growth period for you. Oh, absolutely. To be honest, I when I was looking at schools and uh, just, just trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to? You know, get get some formal music training. I I really didn't know that much about UMKC. It uh I really found out about it because a lot of my peers that I had met, um, like my last couple of years in high school, was in the Missouri All State Jazz Band, which um, you know, by my estimation, at least at the time, was really one of the great All State bands in the country. I mean, it was especially for saxophone. It was just very, you um, know, just really great really hard to get into the band I mean I you know it was uh I all you know was uh something that I I knew that in other states like some friends that I had connected with or whatever you know they were in it like all four years or something like that and I you know I was like an alternate or something my junior year and then the scene you know my then finally made the band uh senior year so just very competitive and all that which is cool that's great that's the way you want it to be and anyway, a lot of my friends that were in that band and I, that I met that way—they um, were all when I asked them like, "Where are you oh. going?" And pretty much all of them said UMKC, and uh, so I was like, oh, "Okay, I need to check this out." Obviously, and um, I, I was sold really from the, the the minute I got there. I mean, meeting Bobby, um, really just getting a sense for what was already starting to happen with the Kansas City music scene. Uh just going out and going as, to as many places as I could, you know, being like eighteen or whatever. But um I, I could just tell that this was uh, a great place to be and it was uh you know probably the you know by far the best um decision I could have made. Um and then I just got even luckier I think with working with Tim Timmons because uh, he's a really a really gifted classical saxophonist, and doesn't doesn't teach there anymore. Uh, has since retired, but he's uh, really taught me, you know, so much as well. So yeah, as, as you said, he and Bobby were incredibly instrumental in uh, in helping me. I do remember funny the story I always like to tell people about Tim Timmons too is like you know he's he could be kind of prickly, especially with jazz musicians because they you know sometimes weak were you know accused you know, not being able to do certain things, you know, like simple things like play scales or something and, uh, by classical musicians, you know, or whatever. And, um, I remember that we eventually grew to be like, you know, close friends and things. But the, I remember one of the first times I met him, I walked in and like, he said, like, you know, play your B- D flat major scale. And, uh, I, I played it, but I, I messed it up, you know, like pretty badly or whatever. And I, I, You know, to me, this was a motivating moment. I suppose to other people, they could have, you know, could have really been hurtful or something, but he was just like, man, how did you get into the conservatory, man? Like, you have to be able to, you you have to be able to play your major scales, man. You know, and uh, I just looked at him like, you know what, you're right. (laughs) You know, like, why, why can't I do all this stuff? I don't know. And so that, you know, for, you know, for me, that was, that was just great because it was, a totally, I had these two really great perspectives, you know, because sometimes, I don't know, I mean, not that you, you know, not that, like, a jazz musician or, like, Bobby is going to be okay with me not knowing that or something, but I guess it's just to point out, you know, the different uh perspectives and just the different things that people value, you know, and being able to go to two great people, you know, just back-to-back like that was really, really cool, so. Well, so you make your way to Kansas City to get educated. You stay here, you're a fixture on the scene. So I want to ask you, how satisfied are you with being a part of this Kansas City jazz scene? Oh man, it's so great, man. I mean, this is uh it's you know, it's such a it's such a vibrant scene right now, you know, and having been in a lot of other cities and this country. I mean, yeah, you know, you it's not a stretch to say that, you know, especially inside the coasts. Um, I mean I don't know that you're gonna find a better jazz scene and really to me this I, is just the you know just because of its size may be a step behind New York or something, just simply because of the size, but I don't know that there's any other scene that truly compares, you know, just with um the level of musicianship that's here you know, the vibe that's that's here is great, you know, it's a community. I mean, that's something that I will say that, you know, like a lot of friends that I have in New York that have come here to stay and, you know, play for like a week or something like that and just hang out, you know, I know that's something that really means something to people, man, you know, like the, there's the, you know, not that people, I mean, of course people are doing great things in New York, but, you know, there is kind of a darker vibe there to some degree, you know, like just, I think it's just the, you know, just the whatever the speed of life there maybe kind of bogs people down a little bit or something like that so they you know that's something that I you know especially musicians from there and other big scenes like that LA or whatever that have come here have really mentioned just like how you know how the vibrancy of the scene and how you know how positive it is how the community is and that really you know does great things for the music Um, and then in turn obviously does even greater things for the audience that's listening to that music but yeah man as far as my you know experience coming up you know i've met so many you know wonderful musicians in this city that you know are really world-class men and it's not a stretch to say that either because they're all going all over the world you know it's like we have people that are you know living here but traveling around the world or people that have lived here who have since moved to you know paris or whatever you know and so um yeah it's just it's a it's a great time to be here i mean in my opinion it's a a musical renaissance of sorts you know uh talking to great bass player bob Bowman um who's you know one of the you know great masters that I've had you know I've been lucky to to be around and spoken um things from he has mentioned how he' that even in his estimation that this is basically there's like kind of two uh trajectories or whatever its like you know, he said that there's never been this level of, you know, talent or musicianship along with the same level of infrastructure, like as far as, like, places to play and all of that, and he said it's usually been one or the other is in a great discrepancy of the other, you know, like there's a lot of people, but maybe not a lot of venues or whatever, or you know, a lot of venues, but not as many musicians or something, so he said this is at least you know, in his you know, decades of being affiliated with Kansas city that he's even told me that this is, you know, the, you know, the most vibrant time that he can remember, you know, likely going back to, you know, the time that, uh, that bird, that Charlie Parker was here. So, um, which I think is great. And I think people know that, man, you know, they go out and they're so appreciative of the music and, um, it just, it does great things for the the community here, you know? And so it's, uh, a beautiful thing to be a part of it i don't take it for granted i just know it's not like that in most places around the world so i really try to you know at times just sit back and really you know really appreciate that even more you know because sometimes life you're like running around doing all this stuff and then you have to kind of take a step back and you know realize how great it is what's going on what yeah yeah that's a great assessment it's great news man for sure um
0: let me ask you a very simple question. Why do you love jazz?
1: Oh, man. Well, you know, man, I mean, when I was uh, when I was a kid, you know, I I grew up listening to, you know, what my parents were listening to, you know, and they graduated high school in the 80s. You know, so they were listening to a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, I love – and so, you know, like Michael Jackson, you know, Prince, all the – you know, Stevie Wonder – Um, and I, and I loved all that stuff and I still do and got into, you know, this is like before I ever really was introduced to jazz. I was listening to that and like eventually got into like Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, stuff like that. And then I, uh, and then I had a a teacher in high school, like a private saxophone teacher who, um, showed me some, some recordings of, you know, jazz saxophone players, primarily uh John Coltrane and Sonny Rollins. And it just floored me beyond what I can even really say, man. I mean I I I was so um yeah, I was just so floored by what they were doing and very quickly realized how much of their emotions that they were um expressing through the music, you know? And uh that it was just more potent in that regard than any music that I listen to, which is not, like, some kind of, like, slight on any of those other, you know, uh musicians or artists that I, I just said. I just meant, just for me anyway, I, you know, I was just really fixated on that and wanted to learn about that, how they were doing it, you know. Um, and so that, you know, really I was hooked. You know, I mean, I guess I was probably about 16 or 17 around then, you know. So I guess by comparison I may be... Got introduced to the music a little bit later than some of my peers but but yeah man, I was just um I just thought it was so beautiful you know how you know just the the, the music the the you know the compositional the things that went into it, you know just uh there there was just a depth to how they were attaching their emotions to the music that I was just obsessed with, and I still am I mean that's just it becomes a lifelong You know journey and uh pursuit you know you're just trying to further you know get get yourself intimate with the music so that you can you know really just turn everything off and just you know for me it's like attaching emotions to the music that's what i love about it man i mean it's uh for me it's a way to express things that uh you know are not uh that you just can't can't say with with words i guess you know um that's so it's it's hard to you know it's hard to it's hard to talk about it at a certain- you know there's like a certain threshold you know for like how much you can really talk about it you know because the um that's that's a big reason why I do it is because it's hard to explain what it you know certain areas of it you know spiritually or otherwise or emotionally that you know I was just but that that's really the the reason why i mean of course you can get really. You know, like it's there there's you know, especially those two uh saxophone players in particular, I mean really the great, you know of the music, you know, it's, it's of course they're doing like amazing things on the instrument and you want to learn, oh, okay, well how are they doing all of this, you know, crazy stuff physically on the instrument. But I could tell with them in particular, you know, that it was more than just that. It wasn't like uh whatever gratuitously flashy playing or, you know, um, being unconventional just for the sake of that, you know, it was, uh, it was a deeper message that they were trying to, to get across and even at a a younger, you know, even being a teenager, I could feel that. I don't know how aware of it I really was at the time or, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of a spectrum at all times anyway, but I could feel it, you know, and I just was, just became obsessed and that's, and that's that, you know, like that's still yeah. my, still my, uh, you know, mentality and my feeling on it today, so. Right on. Let me ask you this. Everyone has a version of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but who do you think you are? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Man, you know, I, uh, I think that people that, uh, you know, I think I was just talking about this with some family recently. I, you know, I think people that know me a little bit, you know, more closely, um, I think would probably, you know, they know I, – I think that they, you know, they get the full whatever, and this probably goes, you know, for a lot of people, but they get kind of the full spectrum of my personality, you know. Um, I think it's just kind of, you know, just an inherent thing in human nature, you know. You just – uh you maybe don't, you know, give all of that away to everyone that you need or whatever. So I think people that, you know, don't know me that closely – just in my demeanor and everything probably think that, you know, I'm like super serious all the time. And like, you know, just because I think especially when I'm performing, you know, because I'm very, I I learned at some point while I was, um, you know, learning to play the music that I was only really going to be able to do it at the level that I wanted and grow and continue to ascend or whatever, um if I was just completely focused, you know, like that which is something that you hear people say, but it's you know, it's one thing to to be aware that you need to do it, you know, and then it's another thing to to really do it. You know, and so I think sometimes that level of focus can really put me in like a stoic state, you know. And I know the music can get pretty like, you know, enraged at times, you know, and so I think people also think like, Oh man, was he like, you know, feel like pissed or something or what I don't know but uh usually I just let the music go where it goes but yeah I think that you know that probably like I have a very goofy nature about me you know like I I really like goofy things and that's probably the the big thing you know just as far as like my uh basically uh like I'm really into like you know doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that too but you wouldn't necessarily know that not knowing me like super closely or anything you know because I I do kind of have like a more serious vibe when I'm playing and I you know and that's just that's not necessarily for everybody you know I know a lot of musicians have a different uh, approach on that for me I just I take music very seriously not my there's a difference between that and then like taking yourself too seriously you know I don't necessarily do that but I do take the, the music very seriously and so I think you know my a big part that's like a big part of my personality that maybe I don't you know just give out all the time is sort of that you know funnier goofier side, but that's how I view myself anyway, you know I'm a very uh I don't know, I think it's uh everybody has different nature, you know um but that's that's kind of me you know i think i I kinda also like you know i kinda you know i since I've attributed so many of my like emotions and everything to the music, I tend to you know want to express them more that way than maybe just you know with my own. Whatever, uh, facial expressions or things like that. So that's kind of, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of my interesting question being like, you know, very introspective about how other people see you, you know, because to some degree you can't necessarily worry about that so much, you know, but I definitely know that that's, that's what I'm aware of anyway, you know, as far as like, you know, how people likely would, would see me, but that's just how I, that's how I see myself and I think that's important, you know, it's a good, Question too because I think that's really important for for artists and you know in general is if you're going to um, you know really tap into a, you know the next level of your art if that's something that you want to do then you do really need to to know yourself well you know because that's such a big. Um, that's such a big thing. You know, I think uh, that was something that for quite a few years while I was learning to play, I mean, yeah, you gain this skill and everything, and you feel like, okay, you know, I'm starting to get some things together, but really, you don't really, you know, start doing, I don't know, it's it's hard to, to know how to say this, but basically, I, in my opinion, you don't necessarily start doing things that people should be hearing until you really start to know yourself and how you can bring your unique, you know, personality and your perspective on the world, universe, whatever, like how, you know, that's really, um, that's, you know, very important to me, you know, and, um, Something that I could tell that, you know, musicians that I looked up to, that they were able to to do that. Right on. Steven, that's a great way to wrap everything up. Thank you for taking a minute to talk about the new album. Good luck with it, and thanks for what you do for Kansas City. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to get another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in St. Louis, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Steven for his music and his contribution to this Kansas City scene. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz